she said today is a monumental day. Mark it down. Now, we've been live streaming for a long time from Facebook, but now we are live streaming from our website. And it is going to, yeah, man, that's awesome. So Facebook cannot dictate or determine what we can or cannot uh, do, but we are going from the website and Facebook and I believe YouTube as well. Um, But uh, we are believing God for um, great things that are on the way. Everybody say, on the way. Listen to me real quick, because this is what's happening. We are excited about what God is doing uh, and where we are heading. Um, next week, we'll, we'll have for the next couple of weeks probably a little bit of a minute video or something of, of comedian Bob Smiley, so that you can get just a little glimpse of that, so we can promote that a little bit for the next couple of weeks. Um, that is on the 25th. Um, it's a free concert. Doors open at 6. So uh, the concert starts at 7. And then Saturday, Summer Blast, the day after that from 12 till 3, is in the parking lot, weather permitting, or we'll do it in here. If the weather is not permitting, we're still going to do it. And, uh, and you know, so we're going to have a bunch of, of kids here from, uh, I don't know, was it kindergarten, 5 to 11, something like that? K to 5th grade. So uh, here, and we're going to, you know, we're going to feed them. There's going to be free food, hot dogs, and I think ice cream, and, you know, that's a good you know, summer. So anyway, that's happening, and then uh, we're doing that Sunday as a family day. Um, and then if you can, you know, bring a guest that Sunday, your guest has an opportunity to win a $100 gift card. And uh, so we're, we're just excited about what God is doing. But I said all that just to say this. God has given me clarity, so this is what's happening or coming up. And I'm stoked about it. I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, our, our board does, they're not, I mean, they believe in all of this and, that, and things happen at their church just like they happen here because it's an amazing church. But the direction that we're going, instead of, we, we did First Wednesdays. How many remember when we did First Wednesdays? On the first Wednesday of every month, we would have a service here and, and then we've been doing some things different. We stopped those and we started doing events. We're going to continue to do events and so we're looking for another scheduled event towards fall, winter. Uh, and then again, we'll get into next year. So we're trying to hit three to four events a year that will just be to the community, that will draw people to the house of God and do that kind of thing. But in the meantime, come on, man. In the meantime, God says, this is what I want you to do. He said, we just sang about it. This is a house of healing. So in September, we are starting Miracle Healing Services in September on the first Wednesday because this is a September to remember. And that's what he told me. So on Wednesday, the first Wednesday in September, um, from you know, starting at 7 as the service goes, it's just going to be a healing service. How that's all going to work out, we're going to get all the details. We're training our, our dream team on the two first Wednesdays leading up to that, how that's going to look, things that we need to watch out for, things that we need to get ready for. But I'm telling you, uh, God's going to be in the house, and there's going to be things that's just going to grow and grow, and we're going to believe God to do incredible things. And it's awesome to mark this down for the Lord. To We are live streaming now from our website. So let's say a big God bless you to those that are watching. Good to have you with us today. <clears throat> this is chapter 20 today in Revelation. There's only two more chapters. And so we are finishing this thing up. We have this week, and we've got two more weeks, and We've been through the whole entire book of Revelation. This one is talking about the millennium, and it's also talking about judgment, the great white throne judgment. There's also another judgment. We'll talk about that as well. That is the Bema judgment, but we'll talk about that here in just a minute. 
But um, it is, there's a lot to cover today. There's a lot to take in today. And again, I'm not going so far in depth that we are like, I have no idea how to get out of this or how to figure this thing out, but I do need to, you know, I want to cover the basics, so to speak, so that we have an idea of what's going on. So that's what we're looking at, all right? So this is about, kind of really, this is about heaven and hell. You know, if you just want to cut to the chase, it's about heaven and hell. So, you know, if I was to say, do you believe in heaven and hell? If you were going out on the street and saying, hey, do you believe in heaven? Do you believe in hell? Some people say yes. Some people say no. I had a guy that worked with me at Honda, and he said, you know what? When you die, you just die. You're just food for the worms. What a pleasant idea. But, you know, other people do believe that there is something after this life. Um, C.S. Lewis said this, if heaven is real, nothing else matters. And if heaven is not real, nothing matters at all. Because, you know, we really, if you think about it, we are on this earth, as far as this life, for such a short time compared to eternity. Turn to your neighbor and say eternity. Do you know what eternity is? It is forever. Like, there's no end to eternity. It just, it, it just goes. There's, there's, it's just forever. So if you're saying, ah, Brett, I'm not, I, I want to believe in heaven, you know, then if I'd ask other people, okay, if you're not sure about heaven, do you believe in hell? They don't want to believe in hell. Now, if you're a strong believer in heaven, you'll believe in hell, but if you don't believe in heaven, you really don't want to believe in hell. But does that make a difference? So, you know, some people say, no, there is no heaven, there is no hell. Uh, duh, so then you can just live any way you want. There's no consequences at all for how you've lived your life. As long as the earth remains, the Bible said there'll be seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. So heaven and hell are real. You can believe in them or you cannot. doesn't make them any less real or more real. They're still real. Somebody say amen to that. So consequences do matter. Eternity matters. It matters a lot. Eternity is forever. So forever will matter. What we do forever. Sometimes do you wish... I mean, just think of the things that you're like, if I could, I asked this a few weeks ago, how many wished you would have just taken $10 out of your pay every week and just put it somewhere for the last 40 years? Then you'd have to be as older as me, and you know, I get it. But so, even if it was 10 years, you know, if you got paid weekly, or you got paid by, you know, whatever, every week, just took money out and then, oh boy, that'd be great. Seed time and harvest, sowing, reaping. We left off last Sunday and this is kind of what we talk where there were many people that were dead. Judgment was on the earth. Remember the people that died? That was the flesh uh, for the, the feast for the birds. And then I asked this question. What about their souls? What about their souls? We, we know what happened. The birds got to eat. We got that. We talked last chapter. We saw Jesus in his second coming. He rode a great white horse and across his thigh and robe the title King of Kings and Lord of Lords. With him are his faithful servants. That's believers like me and you. The kings of the earth had all got together and they met at Megiddo for the great battle against the Lord. That's what was going on. A battle in which they lost Hands down. If remember, we talked about the Bible says that the sword was coming out of his mouth, talking about the word that would just come out of his mouth. And, and we didn't have any weapons. Remember that? It was just, just Jesus on the white horse, you know? He used the word to defeat them. 
And I, you know, and I said this, and I've, I've thought about, you know, we'd almost think, how could people be so ignorant or naive, and they can't even, naive can't even cover this, because there's too much that has happened for them to go, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, how could they be like, are you kidding me, to fight against the Lord? We could say, if you don't have any idea, <laughs> we probably don't know people. Because there's people that you and I both know, and you're like, you knew that was not a good choice. We've all been there, done that. So not throwing stones. I think we could all say we've made choices if we could retract them. But this has been ongoing. And I said this a few weeks ago, and I, I, I actually got it from a pastor friend of mine, but I, I thought it, it is so true. It is very true in, in this statement. So here's three things that we've learned. God is good. We all know God is good. The devil is bad. We know the devil is bad. We know God is good. People are stupid. Not everybody, but just sometimes we just, you know, and I don't want you ladies to elbow your husband. He's talking about you. <laughs> Moving on. We learned that the Antichrist and his prophet are in the lake of fire. The armies are destroyed, but there's yet one more enemy that remains, and that's the devil. Let's look at Revelation 20, um, verse 1 and 2. I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. Now, this is the destiny of the devil. This is something that he, he is destined, according to God, he, he's going to go through. Whether, you know, obviously he doesn't want to, but he's destined to. This is Satan, the father of lies, the deceiver, the accuser of the brethren, the serpent, the devil, Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer. That was a little voice characteristic from Cinderella, just so that you know. But anyway, he's bound and he's put into the abyss. Now, this is different from hell. You need to understand. Uh, the abyss is a prison for demons only, and it isn't forever. Not yet. This is just for a thousand years. So what is this thousand years? It's called the millennium. So for a thousand years, Jesus reigns on the earth. Now, I want us to think about that for just a second. Just stop and think about Jesus reigning. I mean, this... Think about all of the drama we've had in this last election. There's enough mud there to build a whole kind of castles and all over the place. From all of, and what we've had to put up with and what we're seeing and the promises made, the promises broken and this and that and, and the underlying and the, the ulterior motives and, and just a lot of stuff being uncovered. But let's think about if Jesus was president so to speak. I mean, we've been praying this for years, and I want us to think about it. It really is becoming a reality, although you can live in some of this reality right now. I believe that, and I'll explain in just a second. But we have been praying. Didn't he say when you pray, say this, your kingdom come. That's what, you know, Jesus, my kingdom come, your will be, you know, he wants God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Now, there's different ways how this plays out. Some say millennium isn't in the Bible. There are some scholars that say that's not in this, but it is, that doesn't even make sense because millennium, as, as defined, which means a thousand years, appears six times in this chapter. Some say the millennium is now, Jesus reigning spiritually and not physically. There are people that we are already in the end times and the rapture. It's already, and I'm, doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't follow scripture, so to speak. So, Others say it happens before Jesus comes back and the church sets it up. But there's just so much. People, there's, everybody has an opinion of this, that, or, or the other. But let's go with what the word says. We know that the kingdom of God, according to the Bible, according to the Bible, did I say that? According to the Bible, lives in us. The kingdom of God is in you. Jesus taught us that. So you look at it yourself. Study it yourself. The kingdom is in you. We always ask God, we just want you to turn it on. It's in you. It is up to our belief in the kingdom that dwells and reigns in us. When you make Jesus Lord of your life, his kingdom is being set up in you. When I read the Bible, I try to take it for just what it says. Every word of it is true. If the Bible says that, I'm not going to argue with it. Even if I'm like, I don't get it, I don't understand it. Have you ever read something you say, I don't understand it? If it's in the Bible and I don't understand it, then I'm going to ask God by his spirit. How many knows that when you ask Christ in your heart, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, will give you wisdom? And so he can answer those mysteries for you. So if I don't right now understand everything, I can still stand under it and be okay. Because some of you are in my generation. My parents live by this rule. Mom, why can't I do that? Because I... That wasn't up for debate. Used to be tried to be up for debate, but that never worked out in my favor. So in the same example of that, I might not understand it, but if God said it, I'm going to take it for fact. And then I'm going to ask him to show me ways to make that true in my life. I understand there's symbolisms in it, and they stand for real things. I understand that there's a lot of that in Revelation. There's a lot of this means this, and this is this. And we've talked about that through all of these 20 chapters so far. But the beauty of this is, can I just say, ladies and gentlemen, you have the Holy Spirit. That is God living in you, his spirit dwelling in you, that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, that resurrection power that healed the sick, the resurrection power that did all the things, multiplied everything, is in us. But we have to believe that. I do believe that Jesus will literally reign a thousand years on the earth, just like the Bible says. Physically, personally, and as king. Look at verse 3, Revelation 20, verse 3. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked, so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. So we see that Satan is contained for a thousand years. He's locked up so that he can't deceive anybody. So, I mean, he's got no visitation rights. You know what I'm saying? So he's, he's in... What's that, solitude or what is that? Solitary. There you go. Thank you. 
So he's in solitary. Uh, but he's going to be set free for a short time after the thousand years. So he's gone, but not gone for good. So we're going to find out in just a second. But for the millennium, things are right and true. So while he's bound up, there's no deception. How many believe? Isn't that going to be awesome? There's no deception. There's no ill motive. There's no underlying double meaning. There's no none of that. There's no false religion. No more corrupted system. Can you imagine? No corruption? Because Jesus is king. So who are the people on the earth then? So there are two groups. And so I want us, I'm just trying to pull all this together. Jesus returns on the white horse with him, the chosen faithful followers. We talked about that. So Christians come back with resurrected bodies. We are the ones in the rapture. We be, we're changed, you know, in the twinkling of an eye in an instant. We meet him in the air. No more corrupted body. No more sinful nature. But on the earth, there are, so, there are survivors of the tribulation. Many died in judgment. After seven years, there are still people that are alive. But they have the same human body they started with. And they may not all be believers. So group one, resurrected believers. Group two, survivors of the tribulation. So let's keep moving. Revelation 20, verse 4, I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for, for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. It's pretty amazing. But these places of authority are under Jesus' rule. In other words, Jesus is in charge. He has a government. So you got to understand the millennium is in heaven. It is earth ruled rightly. Okay? It is earth ruled rightly. Jesus promised believers that we would rule with him. Now, I want you to understand, it's not the Lord rule over you. Yes, he is over us, so please understand that is the covering, that is the headship, that is, yes, but not lording it over you, corrupted blackmailish. Okay, we're talking about Jesus style, servant leaders, people that have a heart that say, I want what he wants. That's what we're talking about. Righteousness, truth. Here's a shocker, just good government. People are like, I don't know what that's like. I understand. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Then John sees the souls of the tribulation martyrs. Verse 5, uh, this is what it says. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. <clears throat> so he's already, the, these that have come back now, these resurrection martyrs, they're getting an incorruptible body. So they join the pre-tribulation Christians, the raptured Christians. Revelation 26, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. So that's how this works. I mean, there's just so much in here. And you're like, oh. First resurrection, 
No second death. We get to reign with Christ. The Bible has so many great truths in it. Remember the parable of the talents. About being faithful with little and you'll be given much more. There's so much truth in that and sometimes we take that stuff and we just gloss over it. But do you know what you do here will echo what you do there. If you can be proven trustworthy now, you will have much given to you there. And you might be saying, PB, I'm telling you what, I have messed this up. We could all probably have some degree of that. So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But let's just get it right. Let's find by the Holy Spirit the things that maybe we haven't been doing right and do them right. Repent from them, confess, believe, receive, and move on. Isn't that how the kingdom works? So what we do here will determine what we do there. Let him trust you now and you'll be given much to do then. Verse 5 implies that there'll be a second resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. So what are you talking about? We're talking about non-believers. They, they don't get this. They have to wait. Now, we haven't even went into torment, you know, rest if you're a believer or what happens if you're not a believer and what, you know, there's, again, there's a lot. But this is talking about the people that didn't accept Christ. They're not going to reign in that thousand years. They are still in that place. If they don't know Christ, it's, it's not hell, but it's not good. God has a purpose for everything that he does. He doesn't do anything willy-nilly or by accident. The millennium has a purpose, something that needs to be shown before the final judgment. So let's talk about the millennium for just a second. There are passages throughout the Bible. Um, you know, can you imagine the time on earth when all is right? Now, I, I'm a grandfather now. I'm a grandpa. I'm pops to Arrow and and Eowyn and Airy, so they, they call me Pops. I like that. And uh, so I, I love hearing their voice going, Pops, or whatever. It's just amazing. Do you ever look at your children or your grandkids, if you have them, and think, do you know how great your life is right now? I mean, you actually have no, really, no worries to... How many were, remember when you were in school, we couldn't wait to get out of school? Can't wait to get out of here. I'm out of here, man. I'm going to rule the world. We get out of school, and then, then the world hits you with reality, and you're like, I wish I'd back in school. And I didn't have to do anything because mom and dad fed me, or they, got, they had food. I didn't really have to do anything. Remember my first apartment. Those bills came to my name. What are you writing me for? <laughs> I mean, it's like, wake up. When all 
the world is right. I have, you know, some of you ask sometimes, Brett, why do you love Christmas so much? Because they were just great times for me. I had great Christmases growing up. I had great Christmases with my kids, with my wife. And it just makes my heart feel warm and good. And Christmas, what I like is there's at least times, even some of the stingiest, snottiest people might even smile. Maybe. Or they'll at least accept if you open the door for them or you, hey, Merry Christmas. Now we have people that are too bent on, you have to say Happy Holidays because you imply something when you say Merry Christmas. Doggone right I imply it. But that's another story. (laughs) But everything is right. You know, again, just me being sentimental. There's a Christmas movie out, and you'll know which one it is, so I won't even have to tell you. But, but the father is sitting there, and the, and the tree is lit. That's the only thing on, and snow is falling outside the, the window. I just, that scene just reminds me of Kim and I. Just, I mean, you know, I'm close to the person that I love the most, and it's such a beautiful sight. Everything seems right. The kids are in bed. We have got Christmas ready. I can't wait till the morning. I'm drinking some eggnog or something, and it's just, yeah. I am not wearing that silly robe at this point, but it is still a great moment. But why is everything right? Look at this, what the Bible says. Isaiah 2, 2 and 4 says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house. Now see, this is going to be everything right in not man's eyes, but God's eyes, okay? So you need to understand who, who we're talking about here. And Jesus is going to reign from the capital, Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills. People from all over the world will stream there to worship. Now, I read that, and I've went over this several times, and it makes me wonder if God, when he's talking about streaming, I never thought of that until this morning. <laughs> we're streaming today. Anyway, they're there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he'll teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for the Lord's teachings will go out from Zion. His his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will meditate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Isaiah 11, 6 and 9 tells us animals will change. Now, I feel the anointing of God. Listen to this. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion. The little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of the cobra. Yes, a little child will put his hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. Isn't that truly amazing? We've all seen the pictures of the lion laying down with the lamb. That's the reference it's talking about. When all is right. Now, all these meat eaters now, maybe, I guess, are vegetarians. I don't know. But, but there is no, I mean, it's just... An incredible, incredible sight. 
Children can play with all of them. What? Can play with all of them. Can, I, I mean, that's just... Can you imagine Arrow walking up to uh, Aslan? You know? I mean, I just said that so you'd picture a big lion. And just going, you're such a good boy. That's just... I mean, it's just amazing. Israel's nation and the people will be fully restored. Ezekiel 40, Zechariah 13, and more. They all show a rebuilt temple and a restored worship, and they, and they put the feast back in play. There's all these things that are going on. Revelation 27 and 8, when the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out of the prison. He'll go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog. In every corner of the earth, he'll gather them together for battle, a mighty army, as numberless as the sand along the seashore. So he's back. He convinces a huge mass of people to go attack Jerusalem and God's people. Again. Come on, man. I mean, I'm just like, would anybody still fall for this? But yet, according to the word, and the word is always true, it's countless as the sand. I mean, so he's got massive amount. I want you to remember this. Becoming a believer is a choice. God never forces himself on anyone. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day. Who is your allegiance? What does it lie with? Who will you believe? Peter, who told you that? God told you that. Lord, we fished all night. We've caught nothing. But if you say throw the nets down, I'll do it. You see, this is what this is about, choices. But those who were not yet resurrected, tribulation survivors and their many descendants, they still have a free will. Isn't it amazing? Choices reveal hearts. Sometimes by not choosing the right thing, we choose the wrong thing. Remember growing up, remember that commercial, Choosy Mothers Choose Jif. That's my mom's favorite peanut butter, Jif. If you want to have some fun, this is totally off the record, and pretend I didn't tell you. Get a jar of peanut butter, unopened, unscathed, not touched. Unscrew the lid. She can hear it miles away. Peel the top off. She will be there to try to put her finger in the peanut butter before you. Me, as such a loving son, would mess with her all the time. She'd get peanut butter, and I would unscrew that. I'd take that little silver thing off. I would put my, I'd write a note with a toothpick in there or something, and I'd put the silver thing back on, screw it back in, and she would be, ha, 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 and I would act like I was going to get it, and then she'd, and then she'd just be, Brad Allen. She could be in the middle of a conversation and be involved 
in the conversation. And this happened. And you could ask, if Sam was here, he'd tell you. She was talking to one of somebody else. And the screwing or the unscrewing of the lid. It is almost like squirrel. And she was chasing them around the table. And they were screaming, trying to get their finger in there. Side note, it's not in the book. But if you really want to have some fun, show her some peanut butter. All right, moving on. Even when life is perfect, now think about everything. Jesus has ruled rightly. Government is perfect. Everything's going, the lion lays down with the lamb. All is right. He still lets you choose. People can't blame circumstances here. They can't blame the government here. But those who don't choose Jesus choose deception. And it's really important that as as believers that we watch what we choose today. The battle is fast. Fire is released from heaven. And then it's time for final judgment. This is what reminds me of growing up when I would do something I wasn't supposed to do. And my mom would correct me. She was very good and consistent about correcting me. Trust me. (laughs) I wore out. You know those things with the rubber balls on them and the paddles? We had stock in those. And she'd go, got your present. It was not for me because that ball got broke off there. Sometimes I think she snapped it off just so she could use the paddle. But anyway, so we believed in spanking growing up. At least part of me did. But she would always give this, you just wait till your father comes home. This is what's happening here. Daddy's about to come home. The gig is up. Things now are done. It has all been out. It has all been done. And I saw them, this is 9 and 10, went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people in the beloved city. But the fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now this is true hell. 2011 says this, I saw a great white throne judgment and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. So this now is judgment day. God saves it for the very end. Every story is complete. Everything is known. Most scholars see two judgment seats, one for believers and one for non-believers. The believer's judgment is called the Bema seat of judgment. So we'll be judged on what we did with what God gave us. Now, you need to understand here, in this judgment, you're not judged as a believer. You're not judged in going to heaven or hell. You're already going to heaven. That's, that is not up, in, up for grabs. That's not in question. You are bound for heaven. You will be going to heaven. This is just you're being uh, judged on what you did with what God gave you, your obedience and the motive of your heart in what you did it with. 2 Corinthians 5.10, we will all stand before Christ to be judged. We each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So again, it's making a reference to what we did here 
will reflect on what happens there. Are you with me? But again, it's not heaven. Salvation is already determined. You are saved. You are going to, everybody gets to live forever in this room, heaven or hell. But if you're saved, you get to live in heaven. So you're not, that isn't a question. It's just, okay, what was the motive? Did you do it for yourself? Did you do it just to be seen? Did you, were you just obedient? I mean, you know, did you do it for God? All of those things. So it's already been judged. We need to understand, sin has already been dealt with on Calvary. 2,000 years ago, Jesus already paid for that. So it's done. To quote Jesus, it's finished. He's not going to the cross again. Everything has been dealt with. Bema seat is about, now listen, this is about reward, not punishment. Our works, our motives, what we did with them. In other words, they kind of go through the fire. It gets purified. You find out the real reason. Have you ever had a friend that seemed like to like you, but they only liked you because you found out they really wanted something from you? That would go through the fire, and you'd find out they were not a real friend after all. Everything has to go through the fire. Sin is gone, but our works will be rewarded. What we did with what we were given. But the next judgment is all different. It's the great white throne judgment. This one is about justice. It's all who died without Jesus and weren't around for the millennium. They're brought before the judge. All that died on the land, the sea, they give up the dead. Revelation 20, 11, and 12, and I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it, the earth, the sky, fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now, I want you to understand, this, can you imagine a book that has everything? Every action, every word, every thought, every motive, everything. The Bible says that God, every Everything that we say, he knows all of that. That's why it's really important that we stay clean before the Lord. Because I don't know about you, but has your mouth ever got you in trouble? <laughs> Mine has. <laughs> but it's fair. It says twice, each person was judged according to what they had done. So if you feel God is unfair, there are two choices. He offers, they're, they're pretty simple. He offers fair judgment. In other words, you get paid, so to speak, for what you've done. Or you get forgiveness. Fair or forgiveness. Do you know that sin can't survive in heaven, can't live there, can't be there? So on one hand, the fairness is completely fair. It's completely accurate. He will know everything. He, he sees everything. That is why it's so important that that blood is applied. What Jesus did on the cross, we apply that to our situation. We apply that to our life. We apply that to our thoughts. We apply that to our mouth. We apply that to our actions. And we start getting our allegiance and our walk with Jesus. And we, we train up our children, our grandkids. We tell them and teach them about the Lord. Do we have all the answers? No, I don't have all the answers, but the word does. So what I need, I'll get from God. So one hand is fairness, righteously fair, according to our works. If you've ever seen Pilgrim's Progress or read that book, 
you'll understand that a little more. People think they can get to heaven because they're, they're good. Well, I was a good person. I did this. I did. That's not how you get to heaven. The Bible says there's only one way, and it's through Jesus. Forgiven, Jesus pays the price. If you take forgiveness, your name is written here in this book, the Lamb's Book of Life, and Jesus says rejoice that your name is there. If you turn down that gracious offer and say, I don't want forgiveness, I'll just go take my chances with how I live my life. Let me just say this phrase to you, the cheese stands alone. It's not going to cut it. Revelation 20, 13 through 15 says this, the sea gave up its dead, the death and the grave gave up their dead. All were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That's how important that book is. That's how important that your name needs to be there. So I'm going to ask you, and the ushers are going to get ready. Uh, well, actually, I think you already have stuff for communion. So let's be thinking about that. Now, if you say, if you're sitting here today or you're watching online, I'll give you just a second while I'm talking. Go grab yourself some a cracker and a little bit of water or something. I don't care. Tea, water. Because this is important. <clears throat> So if you're saying, you know what, Pastor, my name is not in that book. It can be today. It can be in that book today. It's that easy. It's not something that you have to do yourself other than choose Jesus. Because he already paid the price for your sin. So you have these in your hand. The reason I want to do this first is because we don't want to take this lightly. The Bible says this is really important. We don't want to eat and drink judgment on ourselves. We're not doing this. Now, think about what we just talked about, about motive. They, but the Bible even talks about, if, if you, hey, today's communion Sunday. Boy, I love that bread they serve. That's probably a bad motive. That's not why we serve that, and I know you don't love this. This doesn't have really hardly any taste. But this is what it symbolizes. This symbolizes his body, which was beaten and broken and for you so that you could have your name in that book. Now, if you're watching TV in the last five, ten years, people are like, Ancestry.com. Let's find out. You know what? This is bigger than anything like that. Let's get your history, and let's start it right now. And if and maybe you've had history, and it's a long history. Let's keep it with Christ. Let's believe what he did on the cross paid for everything that you've done wrong. Past, present, and future. And we will walk with him in such a way. Let's share this together. The Bible says that then he also took the cup. And this cup represents the blood that was poured out. Not accidentally spilled. Not by mistake. Or here, it was done on purpose. He knew from the beginning, from the cradle to the cross, what he was going to do. 
and he had you on his mind. How God can do that, I don't have all those answers, but he is an amazing God. We need to thank him for this, this representation of our sins being washed away. So those that are watching online, those that are here, would you bow your heads and close your eyes?